It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But if the family is more comfortable with letting Uncle Floyd say the Be shit that Uncle Floyd wants yes, to say, yes. then making sure that other people aren't don't feel attacked aren't being made to feel miserable, aren't Absolutely. marginalized, racialized, then like the family's made the decision. So it's not an yeah. ultimatum. The family's made the decision for you. Mm-hmm. And this line about like, well, so-and-so comes from a gif- different generation. Well, they're living in and this so one now. Do I. So do I. F- we all have internet how, how, access. How are, you, how are you making sure that I'm being protected too? Like, and I feel you're like- allowed to be from a different generation and I'm allowed to too. Why can't we? Again, it comes back to like, there are certain things I can disagree with you on, but there are certain non-negotiables. And 100%. like human rights, as an example, is a non-negotiable for totally. me. Totally. I'm sorry. I got, like, I'm trying to de-escalate. I don't think you are. Do. <laughs> I don't think you I'm are. Getting I am. I'm getting it out now. I am. I'm getting it out now. I am de-escalating. Do you want to take a breath together? <laughs> Hold my hands. Ready? Okay. I don't want to. <sighs> Welcome to Playing House, the podcast about keeping your relationship sexy and secure. I'm Coulter. And I'm Dominique. And we are a real couple in a real relationship having real discussions. On today's episode, juggling family visits around the holidays, rules for successful family gatherings, and hooking up while you're staying with family. But first, how you doing? I'm doing really well. Because I'm off of work for over a week. I'm oh, not, I'm we not love back that. until 2024. Good for you. Yeah, this is the first time that I'll encourage this because it's worth. Oh, hit the wrong one. The re- <laughs> Redemption. Random song starts playing. Yeah, so I'm really, really excited. I'm, I'm. It's time. I've been burnt out for a while, and I will see them in 2024 in the new year. Talk to me about the burnout. Uh, it it was it was largely self inflicted. Mm. Uh, I'm a bit of a type A personality. Yeah, control freak. Who workaholic. does not like to delegate. So it was largely me convincing myself that I can and should do all things, which is absolutely not what I'm paid to do. So don't know why I thought, tried, or did that. I think that's most jobs, though. That's most people, right? Uh, especially no. if you're in the same company for a while, because you end up just like, first off, you want to impress them when you start. 
Sure. So you're working as hard as you possibly can. You're doing sure. like 60, 70 hours a week. You're proving what you can accomplish because you want to be an asset, right? They and hired they me just because expect they knew. that. Well, I, I think that's it. Like, I, it's very much a millennial mindset that like we need to over deliver at all times and it's going above and beyond whatever is in our job description. And that's not necessarily whatever gets you promoted or gets you the recognition. Like you're paid to do a certain job and you should do that job, but it's not always necessary to burn yourself out trying to do everybody else's job too. But what about the shareholders? What about nobody thinks that nobody thinks about the shareholders? I'm a, I'm a stakeholder. So I'm putting myself at risk at stake when I don't take care of myself. And like I had, I had an emergency um, earlier this week. So I an went eye had, emergency. An eye emergency. I once had to do uh, emergency laser eye surgery. I won't get into the details. Um, but the, my optometrist warned me, if you start seeing flashes in your eye, that's a sign that you are going to need surgery again. Go immediately, either come to me or go to an emergency room because there's going to be very little time for you to solve that. What happens if you, like, what happens if you don't do that? Do you go blind? Uh, potentially. Ooh. Potentially. Um, and just my, my eyesight can be affected, like, very badly. Um, I don't want to go into the details because it's gross. Um, but... So I saw a flashing light in my eye for weeks, but it's, it's, it's weird because, and she was explaining to me that when you're busy, when you're staring at a screen all day, when you're in front of lights, it's not something that you'll necessarily notice. So when you're calm and I was seeing it at night, especially like when I'm going to bed, when I'm waking up, she's like, when you're calm, that's when you're able to focus and notice these things. So I was literally running myself into the ground to the point where like, I couldn't even stop and notice that my eye was potentially at risk. Well, and you also didn't bring it up to me. And I'm sure part of that is because you're not noticing it all the time. Maybe when you and I are chatting, like you're not, you're not remembering it. You're focusing on something else, me, yeah. ideally. But uh, something that like a lot of people have had trouble with, especially after I got sick, was talking to me about their problems. And so I'm worried that you suffer from a little bit of that as well. To go like, hey, I've got like an ache or a pain knowing that I went through cancer treatment a couple of years ago and still have like lingering effects of that. Your problems are your problems. My problems are my problems uh, just as human beings. But also like we can have compassion for each other. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, maybe there that there is a, a, a potentially a bit of that. I, I mean, I'm, it's not. I'm not aware of it. So maybe, yes, the two, three years that we went through all of that and I told myself like my problems don't matter. Like there's a larger life altering Some issue of them don't, hand. but. And you're also one to very much react with that. Like if I mention a problem, you'll be like, I went through cancer. Like yeah, you'll say it as a joke. Okay, as, mostly, as a joke. Like 75% as a joke. I'd say, I'd say closer to like 80%. Okay, yeah. So. Tell me these things. Promise me, please. Sure. Promise I, me. Sure. Again, I w it wasn't even something that I was paying attention to, which is why I let it go on for so long. I also had, um, oh God, what was it called when they put GERD? Oh, an endoscopy. <laughs> you love mentioning GERD. I had an endoscopy last weekend. Um, and when I woke up, they told, first of all, best nap of my yeah, life. Yeah, they used like that Michael Jackson shit to put you to sleep, right? Michael Jackson shit. They didn't kill him with anesthesia. Yeah, they did, didn't they? They no, gave him he like, had, like medication he was taking that he wasn't supposed mm. to. I don't know. Anyway, give me the Michael Jackson shit. Not like, oh my God. not as much, obviously, but. If I knew that that was the case, I wouldn't. Anyways, anyway, so I was very nervous about it. 
had the best nap of my life, then woke up. And they're like, yeah, you know, you're, you have acid reflux, which we already knew. Um, but you need to change your lifestyle and that you need to be less stressed. And I'm like, well, how the hell? How the hell? I, I got a toddler. I got a full-time job. It's which the holidays. Part, it's the holidays. Who's like, de-stressing during me? the holidays? Come which on. Part of me? It ain't happening. And mind you, I'm talking to a nurse as I say this. <laughs> like a woman who's just running around from bed to bed helping other people. So she gets it. But yeah, it was very much like the last quarter of 2023 has been me running myself to the ground mm. for no reason other than capitalism. Capitalism. Hey, <laughs> capitalism, baby. Absolutely. Absolutely. But catch me up on your life. What's going on? What's going on with me? Uh, I'm getting a lot of great feedback lately, which is really great because uh, I've been working my ass off. It's been like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I've been working my ass off this year and creating content. And I don't know why, sidebar, I hate that fucking term. Why? I'm a content creator. Like, yes, I, I, I don't know. Content producer? No, just like the, the term content. Oh, Lord. It just makes it seem like it's... um Lesser than? Yeah, like it's just like a commodity. And I guess it is a commodity. It is, because it it's so short, short-lived. Like people scroll on it, watch it for 30 seconds if you're lucky, and then scroll right on and never see it again. It is, it, it's, it's, it's such a short-term thing. But even like evergreen stuff or longer form stuff. Yeah. Like this, for instance, like a lot of work goes into this. And I like just to call it content, it just makes it seem like it's part of this stew of like Netflix and Spotify and YouTube and TikTok. And like, as I say these things, I understand it. Like I understand the sure. term content creator. I don't yeah. think it's cringe to call yourself a content creator. I want to be clear about that. But like a lot of it is more than that. It's storytelling. It's production. Absolutely. It's marketing. Absolutely. It's tough as hell. Listen, I literally work in the partnerships world. I get it. I, I seek out content creators all the time, pay content creators money, try to give them platforms and amplify their voices. I get it. It's it's a lot of work. You and I both studied broadcast. We yeah. know the behind the scenes that needs to go into this. And then on top of that, the actual production part, like the sitting and the talking and <laughs> Yes, this the sitting, the sitting and, the talking. and the talking and like the storytelling part, right? It's making sure that you're like capturing people and and keeping their attention. And then there's the post production, like you mentioned, the marketing making the stuff look pretty. It's a lot. And it's very, it's very fulfilling and I love doing it. Yeah. It's also like, it's work. It's, it's hard work. It's and I job. enjoy that. Yeah. And I love this so much. And so to get great feedback, especially from people you really respect, you know, Kevin Getz, I got a, my friend, Kevin Getz, we used to work together. Just one of the, one of the, he produces a podcast for CBC. Uh, he's just like, he's a genius. And I could go on and on about this guy forever, but it's my podcast. It's not his. But we were texting today. He hit me up and he said, your content has been, and then three flame emojis. Nice. Hey. Flaming garbage. Okay. You are also on this podcast. So keep that in mind. <laughs> but like we had a great conversation and I was talking about how it was like, I've really dialed it in this year. Mm. I'm really leaning into what I'm good at. Yeah. Uh, people are really responding to it. Thank you for watching. Thank you for supporting. Remember you're to finding, subscribe, like, comment, all that geez, shit. You're finding your pocket and you're working within it. Yeah. Yeah. So it feels good. And like, I take a lot of pride in, in delivering a product that looks and sounds good. Yeah. Right. We've really upgraded the camera situation in here. We picked up the brand new Canon C70. Well, it's not brand new. It's been out for a few years, but mine is brand new. And uh, so that's been really cool. And, and everything's coming together. And 
we've got uh, we've got a little partnership, a little collab coming up, which I think we're going to talk about maybe on next week's episode. We're going to save that we'll little tease because yeah. it's uh, we still got some final details to uh, to iron out. But we, yeah, go ahead. We're going to be in Atlanta in mid-January, and we'll give you more details soon, but I'm very excited about this. I'm auditioning for Magic City! I don't even think they need an audition. (laughs) Whoever owns Magic City, (laughs) the greatest strip club in the world, apparently and allegedly, uh, they've seen this, and they're probably expecting us. Maybe that's who we're collaborating with. Like, we need Dom and Coulter. We're going to go, right? Oh, absolutely. We're going to go to Magic City? Whether it's we or I. You're going to buy me a dance? No. No? What Can we get a dance together? Let's get a dance. Let's get a dance. (laughs) Let's get a dance. Uh, And then what else? Um, What else are we doing? Oh, thoughting it up online. Uh, Yeah, you. Yeah, you've been doing that. Thoughting it up. How do you feel about me thoughting it up on the internet? Ah, that's you. That's me. That's absolutely you. Yeah, it's like just you showing the world who you are at this point. Right. My one of my sister's favorite memories of you is after I gave birth. You were winding down to the ground and you stayed low and you were just like winding on the floor because you were celebrating us the birth of our dog. child. Yeah. yeah. And she was like, what the? Like you you were down there for a yeah. while. She's like, you guys, Meg's knees. That was, listen, that was before cancer, right? The, the joints were a little bit better, but <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, just thought, so you're cool with it. I mean, yeah. We have permission. Money. We got permission. Again, if I'm auditioning for Magic City, I mean, who am I to hold you back? Maybe we need some new, you know what I need? I need a, I need a partnership with a sweatpants company. <laughs> And gray sweats. With Nike or Puma. I'll take a listen the Puma ones. Those Roots. are the ones that really took off, right? Absolutely. Lululemon. Come on, something. Lulu would work. And that's a Come nice on. Canadian company, too. Come on, right? <laughs> uh, all right, let's get into today's episode. Uh, this portion of the show is called Family Matters. Christmas, and I think this applies to any holiday where you're visiting family. Like, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. I love Christmas. It's your favorite time love, of the year. I love the holidays, period. We've established this. Uh, but you don't love it so much because of all the things you're about to discuss, which is all the uh, the having to navigate, specifically navigating family. And it's not to say that you don't enjoy family. You don't enjoy chaos. <laughs> I, don't, I don't necessarily enjoy like 14 hours of full contact family. Sure. Families, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your half, my half. I mean, yeah. it's our family, but like, we're gonna end up. I mean, like, we got my parents. My sister's got COVID. I don't know if she's coming. I'd like to see a negative test. I'm sure she's gonna. But like, sure you know what I mean? I mean yeah. I'm gonna be like, oh, gonna like, see them uh, test results. The, the whole family, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, and, uh, your sister and our nephew are coming with us to brunch at my parents' place Christmas morning. So my sister and nephew are going to sleep over Christmas Eve. And then in the morning, we're going to head over to your parents' place, have brunch. So that's like my parents' place. That's probably like 10 people, maybe 12. And then we're going over to, well, you, me, Nia, Danielle and Mason, that's five. Yeah. My parents, my sister and her husband, our niece, that's 10 people. That's a lot of people. A couple other people might stop by. Yeah. And then go over and over to your parents' place. It's going to be like 25 big people. big ass family. That's a lot of people, dude. big ass family. So um, it's our first time in a while that we're navigating both families in one day. I mean, we used to have it so that. Oh, this was the worst. We'd go to like your parents' place on Christmas Eve, sleep over, wake up on Christmas morning, drive over to my parents' place. Um, and then sometimes that was split into two because my mom's house in the morning and then my aunt's house in the evening, for example. And then example. back to so, my mom's or something. And for the record, yeah. 
seeing my family is not the worst. I just no, mean it's like just the, the traveling it's and 36 the- hours of driving all over the place. And like the roads are a mess and everybody's oh on them because we're all idiots. And like you, you forget because you just got, you have, there's so many moving parts, yeah, right? Yeah, you yeah. forget this, you forget that. Uh, you feel like shit because you eat way too much food. But you say this, but it's not like you're buying and wrapping gifts. You're just carrying the gifts to the car and then handing it to the person. That's shade for you wrapping more gifts and doing more Christmas stuff than me. Was it shade or was it honesty? I'll be driving the entire time. By choice. No. Do you want to drive? I don't want to. Do you want to? No. But you're choosing to. I'm choosing to because I want this to be equitable. (laughs) And that's how I can contribute. So... That's a callback to last week's episode <laughs> about equity. You can find that in the playlist. Not this white man trying to throw equity into my face. Yeah, that's, it's actually, that's... it's one third of DEI. Um, the what D DEI stands for, for? Uh, the thing inside my sweatpants. Okay. And the I <laughs> is me, the holder of the thing inside my sweatpants. Okay. And then the E is equity. So yes, yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. I, I've kind of missed it, especially with the pandemic, like we, we couldn't do all that hopping around. I haven't seen my family in a very long, well, like my larger family in a while. Uh, a lot of things have happened since 2020 where like, there's been a lot of falling out. Uh, been a lot of estrangements. Have, is that the right word? Sure. We're estranged. Quite a few of us. And um, I think that's the case for a lot of people. I, I don't know. I think every I family has a couple of people that you, you don't really fuck with. Sure. Sure. You know? Like, would you be their friend necessarily if you didn't share a last name or blood? Oh, my God, so no. Probably Oh, my not. God, no. But, like, my sister is my one of my best friends. And if I met her on road, first of all, we probably wouldn't even meet on road because we wouldn't be in the same places. We were, we're just completely different personalities. No, truly. Where would you be? The I library? Know, the, like, church or something? And then she would not be there. When's the last time you've been to church? No, I'm just saying, like, if you weren't... <laughs> When's when's the last time? Easter. Okay. Did I? No, I definitely didn't no, go. No, I did not. I tried to take Nia and then I was anxious and I went down and I grabbed her out of the Sunday school and I got in the car and left. Anyways, that's a whole episode in and of sure. itself. Oh my God. That's probably a whole podcast in that's itself. A whole, that's That's me. the spinoff, baby. <laughs> it's just navigating like- Playing church. Like, church I don't know. trauma from your childhood. Ooh. Maybe Beyonce will put a song out about it. One day. Come on, Queen Bee. But um, what were what were we saying about just yeah probably a lot of families are ha- are having that um like I said me and my sister were best friends on earth and we probably our paths would probably never even cross if we didn't share a last name um I'm anxious about it I'm I'm I'll be completely honest because of the amount of animosity, animosity that exists yeah. thank you um and drama like like I I think that a lot of us who are coming to Christmas together at my mom's house, um, uh, probably feel some level of anxiety. Um, I haven't seen my nieces and nephews in years at mm. this point. Like they're they're in their twenties. So this is now. everyone. This is every. So it's my three sisters. Each of them got kids. <sighs> Aunties, uncles. This is a lot of people. And for the record, I would say that I'm probably the most liked person <laughs> in your family. Like I would say, like. I wouldn't say I'm the chillest. No. You know, pretty wound you up. couldn't. Although, thanks to the Vivance and the testosterone supplementation. Do you want to break down what Vivance is for those who have no it's, idea? I think if you're watching this show, you know what Vivance is. But I have an audience that watches this too. They don't chance, necessarily. It's like Adderall, 
but it's like the hotter, cooler Adderall. And also it's harder to abuse. I don't know why my doctor prescribed that one to me, but it's an ADHD medication. Yeah. Shout out to you. Yeah. So I think I'll be, I'll be chilling. I'll be fine. Uh, and I'm not drinking anymore because of the yeah. ADHD medication. So I'm actually not looking forward to that part because I'm not drinking because I can't have acidic things. Because your body's and a little meaty. My body well, your can't body's do a little lactose meanie. or milk or I guess it's the same thing. Or, or too many white alcohol. people. My, Let's be my honest. soul cannot. Just allergic to white people. <laughs> and the thing is, the joke is, I've been saying that. I've been saying that. But here I am at 32. People are finally starting to understand. Anyways. Uh, is yeah. that why you're always congested? It's because we live together. <laughs> <laughs> it's not actually GERD. It's just your allergy <laughs> to me. And I'm inside of you. It's my ancestors <laughs> stirring up in my soul. <laughs> Uh, do they I would sound be ashamed congested? of you. Oh. Do I sound congested? No, just like sometimes, oh, right? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty congested. A little right bugged up. <laughs> I'm a little bugged up. Uh, how how much? Feeling? I mean, like, I'm a little, I'm not like anxious about your family get together. Okay. Right the afternoon. And, and like, let's be clear about that. Even if you were anxious, it wouldn't be because like you're going to come to my family and like you're the only white person in a, you're Mark in a sea of black Caribbeans. Um, been Mark. It's, it's, it ain't never been that way. I was Mark within probably like six months. Probably. You know? Yeah. Like I got in there quick. Probably. And I think your first family event was a New Year's at my aunt's house. And yes. You, and you were immediately the bartender and they're like, oh, this dude makes drinks. We like him. Welcome yeah. to the family. That's how I got in. It's alcohol. That's That's it. <laughs> And just like, and just trying to be as unproblematic as possible, right? I mean, that's the, it. It was a basement jam. There wasn't much to say. Like, you would have to work pretty hard to be problematic. I couldn't hear a goddamn thing. Well, that's perfect. I think that's when I got tinnitus. That's when the ringing in my ears started. <laughs> it was that New Year's Eve party. Welcome to the family. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you were saying you're not anxious. I'm not anxious about this. Um, can you turn off the furnace, please? Yes. Keep talking. I'm not anxious per se about like getting together with your family. I'm anxious about the interactions that are going to happen because there's a lot of, there's a lot of unaddressed trauma and there's been a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of like fighting over the years between certain members of your family and there's no cohesion whatsoever. Like it's very fractured. You and, you know, Danielle are, are best friends and it's like, you don't really fuck with the two older sisters and also there's a large age gap. Not that that, not that that like condones it. I think that maybe it explains it a little bit. Like there's kind of a generation gap. I have never looked at it that way because there's an age gap between Danielle and I too. It's just, listen, it's, we approach things very, very differently. And you get to a point where you can disagree on certain things but there are some non-negotiables. There are some non-negotiables. And the way that I'm spoken to, the way that I'm treated, the way that I'm made to, to feel, those are non-negotiables for me. Like mm. base level respect is a non-negotiable. And I have yet to feel that I've received that. Oh, am I not close enough? Thank you. Um, it's because th this side of the table doesn't have room for my legs. Yeah, we need a new desk. Like <laughs> we need a new desk. <laughs> so I if you, wanna, if you want a Venmo, <laughs> if you're in the States or e-transfer, if you're in Canada, I will take money. <laughs> we need a new desk. I want a longer desk. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. I say we're working on it. We're There's not, no work being done. We're not. 
We're not. And whose responsibility is that? And for a very, very long time, I thought no, it was like, mine. Okay. I for a very long time. thought you were going to glaze over it. That's not a rhetorical question. Like, I'm, whose responsibility is it? I, I know it's not entirely mine. Yeah. I, especially as the youngest in the family, I grew up believing that, like, if mom is upset, I had to pull her aside and, mm. like, understand what, what do you need done? And I'll pull my sisters aside and talk to them one-on-one. I was very much, I aspired to be the peacemaker. And so I would shape shift as necessary to make everyone else in the room feel comfortable. And I'm finally at a point in my life where I'm like, no, nobody's shape shifting for me. None of these people are paying your bills. And neither should they have to. You shouldn't have to say certain things, do certain things, be a certain person for me to like invite you into my life. That's not how family works. That's not how relationships work. It's conditional love. So I'm finally at a point where like, and and, and it, it it shows and it showed up in so many ways. Like when I finally said, no, I'm not trying anymore. I'm not trying to lead the charge on this mm. family. I'm not going to be the one to fix everything. Mm-hmm. That's when it all fell apart because no one else knew how to or had ever put in the effort to do the same. And I feel like I'm using this podcast to now like air our dirty laundry or talk shit about my family. And that's not the case. It's not dirty laundry. It's it's Every family has gone through or is currently going through or will go through a version of this. Sure. Maybe it's more extreme. Maybe it's less. Maybe it's it's roughly equal. But like, these are skills we all need to pick up. We all need to navigate these things. And I mean, for a while, even with, um, you know, even with my family, I had limited relationships, right? And sometimes that's what you need in order to, and not even just family members, but like friends. Oh uh, my God. Co-workers, employers, certainly. Yeah, yeah. You need to sometimes have this... Boundary. Boundaries, but like intentionally have a limited relationship where I don't share a lot with you. Mm-hmm. Like in the context of I'll use an employer because I said that last. Like we don't need to talk about personal stuff. We can keep it to like... It just... We can keep it to work stuff. We yeah. don't need to hang out after work. I feel like a lot of people fall into that with coworkers where you end up going out after work and I'm sure we could do and we'll do another episode on this specifically, but you end up just like going out after work and, and taking the work day with you because you just mm. spend the whole evening bitching about work, And right? it's the only thing that you connect on, right? You kind of just trauma dump or totally. trauma bond over a, a toxic workplace. And it's like, we both have a shared enemy in our boss, for example. So let's- Well, speak for yourself. Go, well, I love my boss. Let me make that very- Yeah, how, our bosses how watch this show. Is that how to- I don't know. Crips, anyway- um, yeah, so you have a shared enemy in your employer and your boss, whomever. Um, so it's like, yeah, let's grab drinks and let's talk about how much we hate this person yeah. together. And if that brings you all together and it makes you feel seen and it makes you feel like you belong because you finally have someone who like has Can a shared experience. Exactly. I mean, like there's a healthy way to do that too. And I think it's important as well to feel seen, to feel connected. Um, but then there's also the point where you go like, I'm not having fun with this anymore. This isn't actually productive for me. This is just ranting for the sake of ranting. Mm. And there's nothing that I'm getting out of this other than we both hate. But families do the same thing. And that's the point I'm trying to illustrate is in the same way that we'll go out with coworkers or some people will go out with coworkers after work and just like take the workday with them. And that's all they connect on. A lot of families do that too, where it's just familial drama. Yeah. And that's all you talk about that's all you have in common is just like the fucking goofy shit going on inside your family as opposed to and i feel like i have better relationships with my parents in particular when we can connect over non-family things Mm. when we can connect over shared interests shared hobbies um because it's so easy to just fall into this like 
and this is going to sound odd, but th- that that family is the only thing. Absolutely. Because there's, there's like, this is what I was born into. I didn't have any choice in this. Like, this is who I am through birth base, versus getting to know me who I am by choice and by growth. Is everything okay? Okay, cool. Versus who I am, um, who I've become and who I choose to be. So like when we can connect on that level, mm. that's special. But when we're just stuck on like, this is the situation we've been placed in. Uh, th- there isn't much like you're you're never gonna get to know me and who I'm progressing into, and I'll never have the pleasure of doing that with you either. Yeah, it's tough. It's uh, it's tough, especially when it's not a great relationship with your family. Yeah, and so instead of like digging deeper, sometimes the best thing to do. It's like the expression, you got to put on your oxygen mask before Absolutely. you put on somebody else's. Absolutely. Sometimes you just need to pause with your family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, with anybody, but this episode's about navigating family. Sometimes you just need to hit the pause button and go like, hey, I'll talk to y'all in a week. I yeah. just like, I'm going through some stuff or we're going through some stuff. And I just, I need to get my head above water. Mm-hmm. I need to take a deep breath and then I can help the rest of you. Yeah. And sometimes the other people don't want to be rescued. They're completely fine doing what they are currently doing. And I guess that's okay for them. And listen, there's also a matter of um, when you start to go through therapy and when you start to develop and do your own inner work and all that good stuff. It's hard not to fall into this almost God complex where you're thinking like, I'm so much more enlightened than you. I've done so much more. I've got all the answers. And then so you kind of project and think like, because I've done all this and all this has done has worked for me, you also need to go through this journey and you also need to do all these things. And that's just not how therapy works. Mm. That's just not how growth works. Like everybody has their own journey that they're going through. And sometimes those journeys are just going to lead us they're to different divergent. spots. Yeah. Exactly. And like, that's okay. That can be painful. Sure. Um, but sometimes you just need to accept that. And I'm not saying that that's where my, family and I are and when I say family I specifically mean like me and and my sisters um the black half of this family <laughs> but it's I I'm at a point where you were mentioning yeah I need to pause and and I've been on pause for a while Years. And I think I need to but for good ass reason oh, listen for, I'm not I'm not criticizing reason. that like my husband had cancer and I had a newborn baby and um, instead I was we being, had a newborn baby we were pregnant Instead, I was like being yelled at on the phone. It, it was, it was, it was, it was not. It was a very, very dark, difficult time. And they, I, it can be argued like they didn't know that you had cancer, for example. So, like, but also, I'm, a, I'm an adult. You mean pre-diagnosis? Yes. Yeah, because when I got diagnosed, I mean, like, I put out a video. But I that was also months. Talked about it on the air. That wasn't right away. People didn't know right away. It wasn't until you were going to stop going to work or work from home that you made it known. I mean, I got diagnosed and like, I didn't, I wasn't public about uh, the diagnosis, like going through all of the tests. Mm-hmm. There were some people that knew that I trusted yeah. with that information. And, uh, but between, I think I got diagnosed like September 15th, September, maybe. Yeah. And I think I started chemo like six weeks later. And you put it out probably in like end of October or November that you had cancer. The, right. The, like two days before I started chemo. Okay. Okay. So yeah, like so mid to sure. late October. But regardless of if you knew my husband had con- cancer or not, you shouldn't be yelling at me on yeah. like that's just disres- that's again base level respect 
dictates that like I'm going to talk to you like a human and you're going to talk to me like a human. We can disagree on things. We don't need to talk down to each other. And I wasn't getting that base level respect. And then there were the added added layers that they weren't aware of, of, you know, my husband having cancer. They were aware of a pandemic and, and of my newborn baby. Um, the people who say blood is thicker than water and these are your family members. I feel like those are also the people who don't want to treat you with respect, who say family's the most important thing, but instead of treating your family members like they're the most important people, they just treat you like shit. Mm. Because if you truly thought that blood was thicker than water and that family was everything, you would do the fucking work to learn who that family member is Mm. on an individual level and love them the way they need to be loved, not the way that you think you need to love that person. Yeah, I think a lot of that thinking comes from just like traditional value, um, family values. Intergenerational right? trauma. This is shit that's passed down from from your grandparents to your parents to you, and then hopefully not to your kids. Absolutely. And so it's it it does it when it comes to base level respect in traditional family values. It's there are certain ways you would never talk to your parents. I mean, There's, maybe maybe black parents. Oh, I'm only talking. I can only speak yeah. for black families right now. Because like, or my black family. I white should say. kids are. You're like you're saying, "Fuck you, Sheila," and slamming okay. your door. Right? I think you know. I maybe in your family, have you, would you turn around to your mother and say that shit? My mom's name is not Sheila, so. Uh so you wouldn't ever speak to your your parents in a certain way. Um, that when it comes down to like a real emergency, you put your shit aside and you're there for your mm. family, and like. Basic stuff like sh- shit like this was not being acknowledged. Yeah. So it was like, okay, blood is clearly not thicker than water. It's just messy and I don't want any part of this. I think people also tend to put their egos first. Mm. And thankfully, this is not something that we... I would say when I had cancer, and I think this is applicable to like any sort of like acutely traumatic period of your life. My family put their egos aside. And it was just like, let's fucking get through this. Yeah. And so like that was a pause of a different kind. Absolutely. Because we absolutely had. It was survival mode. It was survival mode, literally and metaphorically. But like, yeah, we still have like me personally and and you as well and us collectively had some, let's generously call the misunderstandings with my family. And when I had cancer, it was just like that was paused. That was paused. Absolutely. I mean, like, that was kind of nice. I remember saying to you afterwards, I was like, oh, maybe I should just like, get cancer again because yeah, everybody you, got along for a while. did say that rather than trying to lead the charge on having conversations to fix it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I had cancer, so. No, this was after cancer. I had cancer. Right. Okay. <laughs> See the full so, circle moment where I bring up an issue and you go, well, I had cancer. But I, I did have cancer. Right. So. What are you denying that I had cancer? Why are you denying my experience? That's my truth, Dominique. The point I'm saying is, the point I'm trying to make is you you have to love people the way that they need to be loved. And it also starts with loving yourself and making sure that you have the resources, making sure that your cup is full before you try and fill anybody else's cup. Because if yours is empty, what use are you to anybody? Truly. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like also- when you're burnt the fuck out. You talked about this at the beginning of the episode. You're burnt out from work. You going to work for like, like let's say you worked through the weekend or you were like, yeah. ah, I'm going to work next. What What good are you? <laughs> if if you're just if your battery's totally drained, yeah, yeah. Even if you have confidence work. in yourself, you're gonna do shit work. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely. or you're not gonna do your best. 
And that's that it bleeds into all areas of your life. Right. So like your 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 work starts getting messy. You're starting to get like snappy with your family. You're not showing up with your friends. It's just it. it, it your, your cancer body, survivor husband isn't getting what he needs necessarily. Your body's trying to function on a lot of stress, which they're not supposed to do. You're eating like shit. Absolutely. And you're just like in general not taking care of yourself. Not getting enough sleep. It's it's yeah. And when you are getting sleep, it's not even quality. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. When it comes to like because you you only have control over what you do, right? Your actions. You don't have control over your circumstances, but you do have control over how you react to it. Maybe your circumstances are like we've talked about a few times, work, other stressors, but when it specifically comes to family, you can you can say to your family, I want us to go to therapy and I will pay for it. I've tried that. Right? Like, I've got good-ass benefits. Absolutely, you do. Unlimited mental health benefits. Go ahead, baby. And if your family doesn't want to go, even though it wouldn't cost them a dime, the egos get in the way, right? And they go, well, I don't want to be embarrassed about something that I said earlier. Or I don't want to be... Um, no one likes to feel... No one likes to be embarrassed. No one likes to feel humiliated. No yeah. one likes to feel shame. But the reality is... We need to act like adults. Shame is a useless emotion. and But it's a real one. It's a real one, but it's it's not productive. Sure. And so it's, it's whether you're going to therapy or not, having these conversations with your family, having healthy relationships with your family, it's difficult. It hurts in that first period. It hurts because you've got a lot of old wounds that are being mm-hmm. reopened, mm-hmm. but then they're being properly cleaned Absolutely. and dressed. Let me tell you two things I've learned through all of this. One, you mentioned you need to love people the way that they need to be loved, not the way you need, you, you want, want to, to love, love them. them. Yeah, Not everybody has a capacity no. for that. And not everybody can even understand that. And that's also not shade. That's like, again, when we go back to 2020, and I'm going to keep bringing this up, cancer, newborn pandemic, that was my reality. Not that I had cancer, but like my husband had cancer. I have a newborn baby. <laughs> this guy and right I was here. living through a pandemic, so I couldn't have access to any of my 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 family, my friends, um, my village at the end of the day, I didn't have capacity to show up for people the way they needed me in that Mm. moment. I was a dead ass in survival mode. Like my husband needs me. My baby needs me. Fuck what I need from myself right now. I just need to be ready to serve these people. So when you talk about putting on your your oxygen mask, whatever oxygen was in my lungs was going to have to like push me for the next couple of years Mm -hmm. because there was no time for that shit. And I went to therapy and even my therapists that I work with at the time, and that's multiple, they were saying, you are in survival mode right now. We don't know where this is going. So we're just going to help you get day to day. Mm -hmm. Like they understood that this, you don't necessarily have capacity even to serve yourself right now. And so when I mentioned not everybody has a capacity to show up and love you the way you need to be loved. Again, it's not shade. It's, part of your reality and where you are in that moment. It can be situational. It can be in terms of like your journey at the time. Maybe you don't, you're not mature enough yet, for example. The second thing that I learned and I lost my, my, my train of thought. So I'll revisit I've, it I've got something. If you want to take a second and ignore what I'm saying and think about your own thing, if you, you're, <laughs> That's you have my permission to do work, it. Right? Ideally when I'm having them, <laughs> I have two expectations from people, specifically family members that you do the best you can with what you have and you work on being better. You don't need to be perfect, but I need to see the work. Mm, I need to see the effort. Yeah. Like if you do have the capacity for something, I want to see you exercise that capacity. And if you don't and you realize you need to, it's about being aware, you need to do the work 
to get on that level. Mm. That is showing love. Right. I agree. Love is not bailing your family out of decisions they've made. Love is not writing a check, although that's lovely. Love is not... Defending and, and blocking. Gaslighting. Absolutely. Denying, putting your ego first. Love is getting rid of your ego. Mm. Love is understanding that you might be embarrassed about your behavior. And growth in general can be... It's like... I'll, I'll use this podcast as an example. I look back on the first episode, and this is episode six, and I go, I so. like, not my greatest work, right? It was also episode one. Yeah. I'm going to look back six months from now. I'm like back at episode six and be like, oh. For the record, join us on the journey. Oh, I guess Please. we'll check back in in six months. <laughs> but like any creative pursuit, right? Mm. Or any, look, look, you go to the gym, right? Yeah, any pursuit, period. Your job, when, whatever you do for a living, your first day on the job, you fucking sucked at that. Yeah. You were the worst whatever that was on earth. You were terrible. Maybe not on earth because like there are people who haven't done it, so they'd be worse. That's but also you though. It was your first day and that's your ground zero. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's actually good to be embarrassed sometimes when you look back at the past, because that means your capacity for empathy or with regards to work, your capacity for your, your like your, your ability at your craft has improved. It's, it's when you're embarrassed of yourself now. If you're embarrassed of your cur embarrassed about your current uh, actions, mm. that's because you know you're fucking up. Yeah. That's because you know you're falling short and you are not doing the best you can with what you have. You're dogging it. One of the first books I read this year, uh, The Mountain Is You. And yeah, it's like... Yeah, you've, you've mentioned that a million on. times. It was like one of those viral book, TikTok sure. books. Um, loved it. Uh, and one of the first pages, it's like, you need to get so mad at yourself. And I'm not saying this verbatim. I should like look it up as I say it. I'm not going to. Um, but essentially, it's you need to get so mad at your current situation, at your current self, that you get to the point where you say, I can never be this person again. I can never come get back here. This is my ground zero. Don't hurt yourself. I think we should make that disclaimer. Well, no. What? Well, like just when you're saying like get really angry at yourself, well, like, don't, like emotionally, hurt not, not don't don't hurt yourself yeah. physically or mentally, but just like get so mad at when you want to truly change. What needs to happen is that you're like just so aware, up, up, aware, and like unsatisfied with that situation that you finally are moved to never be back in that situation mm. again. That reminds me of what you were saying. It's backsliding, right? Like when you, when you know that you need to do better and you. You wait a couple of days because you're like, I'm going to start this diet on Monday, for instance, or maybe the diet is actually, I'm going to start applying for jobs or it's, I'm going to get my financial shit under whatever. Maybe it's, I'm going to be a better parent. Maybe it's set boundaries, whatever it is. Like yeah. I'm going to quit smoking. Just fucking do it like right now. But take, it's, take it, one it doesn't step. always need, it's not always that simple for everybody. But step one is, step one is the acknowledgement. Sure. And step one is like, and part of acknowledgement is. Also kind of like having a bit of a plan here. And and the plan doesn't have to be fully formed. And I think that that puts a lot of people off because it's mm. daunting, right? It's mm -hmm. this, you know, mm -hmm. you talked about the book, The Mountain is You. It, it's, it seems mountainous. Yeah. Just like doing one thing, getting 1% better every day. Absolutely. And I'm far from the first person to say this. I wish I was though. Fuck, I'd be rich. <laughs> if you were the person who was like, just be 1% better every day. Whoever came up with that, 
Come on. They got to be rich. They got to be. They got therapists with therapists, probably. (laughs) I have, when it comes to family gatherings, and it doesn't have to be, you know, we're recording this uh, around Christmas, but this can be uh, any, you know, Kwanzaa's coming up. Like, this could be any, it doesn't even have to be in the winter. Any holiday, any, like, any, even if it's just like a family reunion, anytime you and all of the people in your family or some of them or whatever (laughs) are in the same place together, I have three rules. This is a big buildup. Three rules. And we're going to put them into practice and we're going to be mindful of this this year. Okay. Okay. Number one, make expectations crystal clear. You have to communicate what you want. You've never had a black mom. You want me to call my Caribbean mom and tell her. These are my exact expectations That's not what for I'm the saying. evening at your home. That's not what I'm saying. That seems very aggressive. <laughs> when I say make your expectations crystal clear, uh, expectations of yourself. How do oh, you want yeah. to feel today? I love that. What behavior are you willing to accept? What behavior are you not willing to accept? Set an intention. Set an intention. I like that. And also, I absolutely think you need to have a conversation with the host of the party or whomever. Have like a have a have a buddy maybe, and just you. okay. So, for instance, with your mom, mm-hmm. the conversation with your mom might be: I just want to understand what the what what's going on. Who's going to be here? What oh, can yeah, I we bring? Had the conversation absolutely. What do I'm you need from cake. me? Mm-hmm. How can I help? Like all of these things. Yeah. And also like if there have been historically things at family events that you don't like, you don't appreciate, they make you feel like shit. It's up to you to communicate that you don't want a part of those things. Have you done this with your parents? We're talking about you right now. Why? No, I've had this conversation with my parents okay. before. 100%. No, like we're going this to Christmas. Year, yeah. At we're going to have brunch at their house mm-hmm. on Christmas. Yeah. Have you set an intention with them? Have you set expectations? Absolutely. Okay, good. We have expectations includes like what the schedule is going to look like. When mm-hmm. are we leaving? When are we getting there? Uh, I rank those in order of importance, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's actually point two is have an exit strategy <laughs> slash stick to your schedule. Yeah. Especially like if you're the designated driver. We're both the DD today. Or this but like, year. we're also taking your sister and our nephew to yeah. my parents' place, for instance. Yeah. There might come a point, and and I'm sure there will, where it's like, yeah, I could like, I I could theoretically hang out all day. We got other people with us. We like, we have a schedule to stick to. My mom's expecting us at a certain time. This is white people time. This is not the people time that I'm not allowed to say. But like, cool. you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, you could have just said it's not my Caribbean family who don't expect us at a very specific hard time. That's exactly what I meant. Okay. One of these days, I'm just going to let you drown. I'm just going to let you just drift off into the abyss and, and, and drown yourself. Because I can't keep saving you on the internet. I can't. Lymphoma almost did that a couple of years ago. <laughs> That's the cancer God! I was talking about. It might come back. We'll see. That's not funny. I want you to stop making that joke. So we'll know. And I'm making my expectations crystal clear with you. Also, that is my exit strategy. That was a dumb I'm, joke. Stop. <laughs> Have an exit strategy. Like if the plan is to leave at, and you need to communicate this as well. Hey. Mom, dad, whomever, we're showing up at this time and we're leaving at this time so that everybody knows you got us for a couple hours you or whatever it is. Ding dong. Hello. Merry Christmas. Listen, lady, I'm leaving at, at three hours from now. Make sure my chicken is ready. What? That's what? not at all what I'm saying. You have no control over what your mom's doing. You do have control over what time I'm going to be there and what time I'm going to leave. My child needs a nap at whatever time or my child needs to be in bed at whatever time. So 
You need to make sure that you've got a good schedule for the day, and that's going to alleviate so much frustration. And so again, is this all internal? Is this all like, I understand that I will leave, or I tell the host I'm leaving at this time? So rule number one, make expectations crystal clear. Part of that is having your schedule in mind and saying, this is when I'm coming, this is roughly when I'm leaving. Okay. The host would like to know that. Sure. Right? When do I need to get food going? Whatever. And uh, the exit strategy is like, okay, so if we need to be out of here at three, I know my family likes these long goodbyes. I'm going to start saying goodbye at 2.15 or whatever it is. <laughs> right? That was personal. That was specifically meant for me and my family. No, no. My mom takes, goodbyes. oh my God, my mom takes forever to say goodbye. She starts whipping out plastic bags and filling them with food. <laughs> <laughs> That's how she says goodbye. She heads to the kitchen. The exit strategy is also like, all right, we got all of our whatever shit you're bringing home with you, whether it's leftovers or some things you brought, you're going to bring them home, whatever. Uh, It's Christmas gifts. I'm sorry. It reminds me. I have to buy a Santa bag to put all the gifts in. Just go ahead. Leave with your things, including Christmas gifts and leftovers. And your sanity, hopefully. Uh, And stick to a schedule. So like have the exit strategy. Make sure that like, okay, we know that we need to be out of here at whatever time. We're going to leave here at whatever time because we have a schedule we got to keep. Yeah. Number three, and this is the most important one, de-escalate at every opportunity. Your family is going to say some kooky shit because every family says some kooky shit. Okay. And maybe they're doing it intentionally. Maybe they're not. I'm kind of looking at you when you say this because you like to... With my dad, we're getting better at that. De-escalate at every opportunity means... You just like, you got to, I learned something the other day. It's called the gray rock method where someone will come up to you and like, they're really trying to like, they're trying to disturb you. They're like, they're trying to get a reaction out of you. So you just don't give them a reaction or internally you go, I don't actually value this person's opinion at all. And like, it doesn't, <laughs> no, truly like it doesn't matter to me. Straight up. It doesn't, what you said, like I, I have control over how I react to this. You want to say some kooky shit, specifically like older family members that want to make some fucking garbage statement about like, I don't know, like trans people or I don't fuck with pronouns or whatever. Like, yeah, you need to educate. You need to do all of these things, but also just like, don't get upset because that's going to, you, you can, you can be productive. You can teach, you can help people, uh, abandon that terrible mindset. Yeah. But when you start lecturing, when you start like, when you get really worked up, that's not doing any good. You need to dial down the temperature in the room. Okay. You've got a bunch of people. Many okay. of them are intoxicated. Dial down the temperature. Pick your fights. I do want to make it clear that like marginalized communities. And yeah, I'm going to put my, my PC hat on for a second, um, which I'm always wearing. Marginalized communities do need allies to speak up. 100%. And so like, for example, I'm not a part of the LGBTQ plus community. So anytime I hear a comment, you're going to call it out as am I hundred percent. I'm going to call it out as a black woman. Anytime a family member says something problematic, racist to you, well, I'm going to need you, you to call that out. You can't be racist to white people. Oh, you mean when they say something racist about black people or people of color and they Absolutely. say it to me, Oh, I'm calling that shit out immediately. I have no fucking time for because that. Because it shouldn't have to fall on me to have to always do that work. Just like it shouldn't exactly. have to fall on a queer person to always do that work. You know what I mean? So it's on us to educate ourselves. Absolutely. But we do need to be able to lean on to our allies to speak up and, and to continue doing the work with us. A hundred percent. And part of that also gets back to making your expectations crystal clear and also setting boundaries. 
if you have a family member that's unwilling to learn, you can teach them as much as you want. If they're yeah. unwilling to yeah. learn, just like if family members are unwilling to heal with you, mm-hmm. unwilling to go to therapy, you can't make them do anything. Yeah. Yeah. But you can say, all right, Uncle Floyd says some cartoonishly Uncle racist Floyd. or sexist shit, whoever yeah. it is. They're not willing to learn. I don't have to be around Uncle Floyd anymore. Mm. My child, my partner doesn't have to be around Uncle yeah. Floyd anymore. And it's and that if, pause button, right? It's that pause button. And if it's more important, and and maybe this sounds like an ultimatum, and maybe it is, but if the family is more comfortable with letting Uncle Floyd say the be shit that Uncle Floyd wants yes, to say, yes. then making sure that other people aren't don't feel attacked, aren't being made to feel miserable, aren't Absolutely. marginalized, racialized, then like the family's made the decision. So it's not an ultimatum. The family's made the decision for you. Mm -hmm. And this line about like, well, so-and-so comes from a different generation. Well, they're living in this one now. So do I. We all have internet access. How how are you making sure that I'm being protected too? And I feel like- You're allowed to be from a different generation and I'm allowed to too. Why can't we? Again, it comes back to like, there are certain things I can disagree with you on, but there are certain non-negotiables. And like human rights, as an example, is a non-negotiable for me. Totally. I'm sorry. I got, like, I'm trying to de- de-escalate. I don't think you are. Do. <laughs> I don't think you I'm are. Getting I am. I am. I'm getting it out now. I am de-escalate. Do you want to take a breath together? <laughs> Hold my hands. Do you have a Do you have a button that does like a? I just have the air like horn. A, like a gong. Ready? Okay. I don't want. <sighs> That's a way of de-escalating. I am king of the. I need ten minutes. Yeah, you are. And it's okay to like fuck off and go on your phone for 10 minutes in the spare bedroom or like go outside and just sit in your car. We should just do this. Sit across from me. Bring a podcasting setup. Yes. I sit across from me at like the brunch table and then we'll look at each other. And if I blink really quickly, just reach out and we're going to breathe together over the brunch. And we'll give no context. No context at all. No context. Bumped into the microphone. So make expectations crystal clear. Have an exit strategy, stick to a schedule, and number three, de-escalate at every opportunity. And remember that you can leave whenever the fuck you want. Absolutely. Families seem to be, families in general, seem to be more preoccupied with with quantity over quality, with just like, yeah. well, we have to get together over the holidays like and we have to spend. Exactly. And it's like, well, if everyone's miserable. Why are we doing this? So you, you asked me about setting an intention. My intention for the end of the day is to go, we fucking nailed that, and I had such a good time with everyone. And actually, I wish we would have spent more time at brunch, at dinner, whatever. That's beautiful. But like, we have a schedule. So our schedule for the day is: our daughter needs to nap. The nap needs to start between like eleven and twelve, right? Is that, is roughly. that after brunch? I don't so know like, what time brunch is? That's what we're working out. We'll get we'll get to brunch for like let's say nine forty five, ten, something like that. Have a, maybe ten. Have a meal. Uh, our daughter will go to bed at like 1130 in the spare room, nap for 90 minutes. We will leave when she's up. We're going to drive to see your, your half of the family. We're going to be there for a couple of hours, but like our daughter needs to be in bed at eight o'clock, which means we probably need to leave your mom's at like 630 at the latest, right? Cause she needs to bathe. We mm, also, it's true. a big day for her. We got to calm her down. So like, true. that's all part of sticking to the schedule and having an exit strategy. That's great. That's great. And my intention <clears throat> Is to we have I bought you a mute. I button. know, but I'm also talking, so it's awkward for me to suddenly suddenly mute myself. I appreciate it. I've been using it. Have you? You'll never know because we wouldn't be able to hear the cops if you <laughs> have. So that's how that works. Um my intention is to honor my inner child. Okay. I love Christmas. I freaking love Christmas. And my dad has this funny memory of me 
he's saying that like I used to sleep under the Christmas tree right. on Christmas Eve because I loved it so damn much yeah. and wanted to be the first one up to be at the tree. So I want to honor that little girl. I want her to enjoy the holidays regardless of what anybody else is experiencing that day, any energy that wants to be shared. It's all about you. I want to give my daughter the opportunity to love the holidays as much as I do and to also honor little Dominique in her love of the holiday. And like there have been some terrible Christmases in my childhood sure. as well. But I love that I've kept that Christmas spirit and that love for the holiday. And I want to honor that. And I want to give my child, like I want to pass it down to my child too. So that's my intention. Okay. I love that. Uh, we're going to get to Pillow Talk, and then afterwards, we are taking your questions. You can submit them anytime. Slip into our DMs at Coulter Talks, at dom.creates on Instagram. And uh, we will address them on the show. So we've got one uh, about our family's reactions to us getting together. We'll get to that in a sec. Pillow Talk, uh, today's question, or I guess today's topic, having sex when staying with family slash when family is staying with you. Because again, it's the holidays. You might be camping out overnight. They might be staying with you. I'm 10 out of 10 comfortable with I it. I know. So. I know. But I don't want other people having sex in my home. So if you're staying over at my place, you're not banging. You're not allowed to. It's, it's my rules. But I reserve the right to have sex at your house. <laughs> so. You're also just like always ready to go. You're always... There's like you could turn. We it got on comments about that in one of the last clips I shared. By the way, which one? They were like, "Look at him. He's uh, he's ready to go." Oh my god! <laughs> and they kept talking about my pupils when I was looking at you. I don't know what that means, but I think if your pupils dilate, it means you're you you're, you're horny? attracted to someone. I don't remember. Okay. I don't know, something to do with like the way they dilate. Sure. I didn't read the comment. I'm assuming it has to do with that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm not comfortable with it at all. It just it, it feels weird been. to me. Like I. There are times when I can, like, if they're not on the same floor as mm. us, for example, like, maybe. Definitely not if they're in the same room. Like, if you're like, oh, you're bunking in the spare room <laughs> with Uncle Floyd or whatever, you know? There he goes again. Yeah. Classic Floyd. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan. I prefer not to. Mm. Like, I, I like the idea of, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, being an exhibitionist? Is that the word? Is it, like, I feel like being an exhibitionist is being, like, naked on on parade or whatever sure but i'm thinking like if we're at a hotel in a different city like i can fuck in front of the open window sure. for example like that but i don't know the people in that city yeah. and i Whereas probably this is never the opposite you're related to these other people potentially so i don't want nobody to hear me i don't want nobody to like even think that's the possibility like just don't look at me in that way you've like put your you've like smothered me before you've like put a pillow over my face yeah because you're also a loud person sure in all, in all ways. I'm just trying to express my gratitude. <laughs> I'm just trying to, you know what I mean? Like compliments so to the chef, right? That's your problem. That you can't keep your ass quiet. Okay. So I'm like, no. Problems. Maybe if I, was, if I was with a quieter person, maybe I'd be open to it. But you just, you got you to be loud. So for you, it's like, it doesn't matter if you're staying at someone else's house or if they're staying at your house. You're like, it's not happening. If they're at my house. So your sister is staying maybe. over on Christmas Eve. Well, she's staying in the basement. So there's. There's a there's a floor there's a separation, of right? Yeah. So like, yeah, I'm more open to it. Okay. But if I'm at my sister's house, sure. no. I'm right next door. I don't want anybody to hear like the bed creaking, something hitting the wall, moans. No. No. And I think that's like comes down to me just not being being a prude. Comfortable with my sexuality even at this age. Yet, like I yes. Yes. 
You deserve to be comfortable was, with your sexuality. I, I, I You're do. hot as fuck. I was raised in the church. And so it's being brought up to believe like sex is wrong and sexuality and sensuality are wrong and like temptation and all these terrible things. And then suddenly get married. There's no transition. There's no like opening up Fuck this three new people and then get married. Chapter. There's no like, it's okay <laughs> to masturbate. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Orgasms are beautiful and 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 should be enjoyed. There's none of that. There's no getting comfortable. It's like this is wrong. Never do this. And then suddenly it's the black cake lady is calling me because I'm supposed to be picking up the cake right now. Um, and then suddenly it's like, yeah, okay, go forth and 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 bear fruit. What are you talking about? Okay. So that's no. I take it. Okay. I say go for it. Just go for it. All right. This is, uh, this is the mailbox portion of the show. Again, you can DM us. Uh, you can obviously just like write a question, but we'd love to hear your voice. This one is from Desiree. How did your parents react when you two got together? Shout out to Desiree. That's, I think. <laughs> What's her Instagram name? Desiree, a desired journey. Anyway, we'll follow her. She's dope. Um, how did your parents react? It wasn't <laughs> like, silence. no, my, my silence makes it seem like it was this terrible thing. Uh, how do my parents react? My parents are very much like, oh, we need to spend all of the time together all the time. So like the day that you came over and met them for the first time, which was way too early. We were 18 though. And it was like a couple months later and I was like, oh, I need to introduce button? my, for Is what? Yeah, here we go. For the acknowledgement. Yeah. Uh, and who wouldn't want to meet you, right? Come on, you're the best. But it's long. It was a little early, and I feel like if I was seeing someone now, I think it would be like probably probably like at least a year. I'm also a 32-year-old man. I might sure. be engaged before my parents meet my partner. Fair enough. You know? So it was really young, and so there's this like you come out to the suburbs, I grew up in a very white area. You are the probably like the only black person on the block and it's uncomfortable and you're just nervous in general because like you're meeting your boyfriend's parents and uh, my it's, parents are extroverted and they're very loud and they can definitely drink. And so I think the the reaction was perhaps just the same reaction they would have to anybody. It's just like this. Oh, like, welcome to the family and like, come on, why aren't you drinking? Have another drink, drink more. And like, you're just, and, and the expectation that you're going to have the same personality as me and the same personality as them and be extroverted and you're just not. Yeah. You're an introvert. And I didn't even really think I realized that about you. That I was an introvert? Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Very aggressive. Very aggressive. Introvert doesn't mean you're, 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 you're like docile. Yeah, definitely not that. You're welcome. I'd say like my family, I think uh, certain members of my family need to do a little bit more work maybe uh, in understanding and just like educating themselves on the reality of, and it's hard because you're not like, the realities of like an interracial relationship and my parents are not in one and my, no other member of my family is. And so like, it's maybe not as present, but mm. then also like I'm their child and I can see that some work has been done and I'm very, we talk about doing the best you can with what you have. Absolutely. I can see that work is being done. I am yeah. very appreciative of that. That has taken some work on my behalf as mm -hmm. well. Um, 
So I would say that's the reaction was just like, maybe not, maybe a little less surgical than it should have been. Right? What do you mean by surgical? Surge, uh, like surgical or, or, I'll just stick with surgical. Maybe it couldn't have been more surgical. What I meant was like a little more tailored to your personality. They're also meeting you uh, for the first time. Okay. But there was never like, like I want to, I should have led with this because of the context of the question in this podcast, but there was no like, why are you bringing home a black girl? Like, no, there was none of that. No. Your mom <laughs> reminded me that the first time I met her, so she, they invited me over to your house, like you mentioned. And despite living 20, like having grown up 20 minutes away from each other. Yeah. The cultural differences. Completely like different the, upbringings. Like we could have been in different countries at sure. the end of the day. Um, grew up in Scarborough. All my friends were first-generation Canadians. Um, all of our parents, like, had immigrated here, obviously being first-generation Canadians. Um, and just, like, we all very much had same personalities, same upbringings. Mm. Um, so your mom reminds me that, like, the first time I went over to her house, she I told her, I was telling her about white privilege and how she experienced her white privilege. Oh, I forgot about that. Me too. Yeah. Like, but I'm like, that's an incredibly dumb conversation sure. if I've ever heard one. Like, I, I believe you. I don't remember, but I definitely you believe You came that. in hot. I mean, that's all I do. I Like, I as an introvert, if you want me to open it up, give me a real topic to mm. talk about and we can talk. Uh, and then, like, the chicken thing and the chicken thing kept happening. Does she want chicken? Because she, she doesn't eat, Dominique doesn't I don't eat, red, eat meat. red meat. Um. And so it was a constant joke of like, oh, we got to set aside chicken for Dom. And it was like, why? Because she's black. And it was, oh, just, God, it was a very uncomfortable yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 14 years ago. All right. What about your family's reaction to mine? They or to me, shocked. rather? shocked. Abs- dumbfounded. I grew, at, how, I didn't, at how beautiful and funny I was that, and am. I, I didn't have white friends, okay? You I'd, still like, don't. They got me. You count. I <laughs> Oh boy, your token white friend. Amazing. And when I mentioned like I my group of friends were all first gen Canadians. We were all racialized too. Like mm. my best friends were Hispanic. My best friends were like were brown. My best friends were Asian like brown and Asian. But anyways. Um and I like led the Black History Month committee and I wrote articles about systemic racism in my high school. Like I was, there's a picture of me on the cover of my high school newspaper with my fist in the air. Okay. Yeah. I was, my dad bought me a Malcolm X t-shirt as it, like, I was just raised about that life. And so to, for me to suddenly <laughs> put on Facebook, Dominique is in a relationship with Coulter Bouchard. I was preparing my mom because I was, you were going to meet her. And I'm like, listen, he's white. And she goes, I know. I'm like, how do you know? She's like, what black man is named Coulter Bouchard? There's probably, there might be one. Are there any other cultures? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> probably so, not black ones, but. So to come from the cover of the school newspaper with my fists in the air to here's my white boyfriend who's wearing cowboy boots with no socks I on did wear in the middle of no summer socks, yeah. and has a Justin Bieber shag haircut. Okay. Aviator sunglasses. Dumbfounded. Yeah. Tommy just decked out in Tommy Hilfiger. Yeah. All, like, Skinny fat. They were dumbfounded. Mm-hmm. But like I said, <laughs> six months later, I'm the favorite family member. Oh, absolutely. Member. Absolutely. Like, Without they never, exception. They never like treated you badly. They never assumed malintent. Like they just, my family trusted me and they knew that like, if this man can like break down this barrier with Dominique, right. he must be something special. And I am. You are. I'm Mark, baby. <laughs> And we're rocking with Mark because Mark's rocking with us. 
You can submit questions anytime. Uh, DM us. Submit them in the comments, I guess. I'm working on a website where you will be able to upload your questions directly Whoa, there. Whoa, she does right. it all. Yeah. Wow. A creative queen. We love a creative queen. <laughs> but for now, yeah, please send us your DMs at dom.creates on Instagram or at Culture Talks. Please hit that subscribe button, uh, like, leave us a comment. Uh, we read them cap. and we really appreciate them. Please leave share a it in your stories on Instagram. Uh, we love all the support. We really appreciate it. At Coulter Talks, Coulter with a K on all platforms. And where can people find you? At Dom Creates on some platform, but but at Dom Dot Creates on Instagram. Oof. And despite all these calls to actions that we're giving y'all, most importantly, please have a beautiful holiday season. Whether it's with family, chosen family. Just try to enjoy this time and uh, wishing y'all a happy new year. For no- We're going to be back before the new year, right? More importantly, buy some merch. Link in bio. <laughs> I just want your money. That's it. I just want your money. Happy holidays. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.